We are surrounded by art every day and artists struggle with many of the challenges us copywriters do. How to create a sense of perceived value around their work, how to market their work to audiences who will actually pay a decent amount for it, how to create a successful business without disrupting their creative process. And that's where today's guest comes in. Hello and welcome to the Hot Copy Podcast, a podcast for copywriters all about copywriting. My name is Kate Toon. I'm a copywriter and I'm the founder of the Clever Copywriting School, which has a shop, a directory, a membership, courses, resources, and so much more. And with me, as always, is the delicious Belinda Weaver, who is muted. Hello, everyone. I am muted. <laughs> My name is Belinda and I am a copywriter as well. I have courses and groups and you can go to my website where I have tons of advice, whether you want it or not. <laughs> I love that. Is it muted? I think it's become like the phrase of 2020, I think. Uh, pivot. Uh, can you unmute? Can you mute? Uh, anyway, let's move on. With us today is the wonderful Ali Strawn. Welcome. Let me read out your bio. Ali helps visual artists promote their work, make an impact and earn more from sales and commissions. She's a passionate, knowledgeable and honest advocate of the arts who supports her clients to achieve success on their creative journey. She regularly works with art organisations and local councils to promote and educate local artists and educate them in events to give them the every opportunity to build their profile within the community. As a fellow creative, she understands the challenges artists face when building their business and has the tools experience and know-how to help artists be more profitable so they can keep doing what they love. Hi, Ali. <laughs> Hi. Hi. It's good to have you here. Ali is uh, a member of uh, the Clever Copywriting Community and is also very lucky to be one of the chosen few on the Hot Copy Mastermind. So we've got to know you very well over the last couple of months. But um, for, for other people, you, you've kind of branded yourself as the arts advocate. What does that mean to you and to your audience? So I think it kind of comes from wanting to be a champion for the arts, but helping artists really find their voice and, really, you know, their voice and their confidence to keep promoting their work and putting it out there. And who, who do you work with? What kind of artists? So my sweet spot is visual arts I really love pulling apart people's work and writing about it in a way that makes it really relatable um, but I also work with lots of um, you know musicians but I guess it's like painters and photographers and sculptors even jewelers sometimes designers um, and I also work a lot with my local council so my local council uh, often runs professional development sessions and marketing sessions uh, and local arts organization just one in particular the Brisbane multicultural arts or BMAC, who I'm at the moment to do uh, mentoring with at the moment, and it's fantastic work. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, which sounds really interesting. And I guess across all those different clients, they all face different struggles. I mean, as an artist, you know, you, you go into art to be an artist, not to market yourself. What, what are the struggles that your, your clients are facing? Yeah, so I think underpinning it all is really a mindset. That mindset comes from seeing their work as a business and kind of employing strategies for marketing that probably they consider to be something that other businesses do and not necessarily creative. Um, so that's the first thing. But and, and kind of, I guess, joining onto that is 
uh, a lack of confidence in understanding who their ideal clients are um, and really knowing how to find them and talk to them. Because um, I think particularly for artists themselves, they have different um, kind of core audiences. So, you know, whether you're a musician or a fine artist or whatever, you have like your buyers and your fans and your music, like, uh, consumers, I guess. Uh, and then you've also got like, you know, funding bodies and galleries and events organisations and things like that, that, you know, you need to uh, apply different kind of strategies to in order to, you know, speak to them and connect with them properly. I bet that's um, quite a, a concept to come to grips with for someone who maybe began their career just wanting to create, to have to suddenly think I'm not only just trying, I'm not only trying to sell my work, but I'm trying to appeal to these other bodies. I would never have really thought of that. Um, what about pricing? Because, you know, copywriters, we struggle with pricing. How, what common issues do you see artists struggle with when it comes to the money side of things? Definitely being a creative process. I think it's, it's being able to, uh, create that work and then take that step back um, because I think you put so much of yourself into your work when you create it and that's just an you know an automatic thing it, it what drives you it, what it what makes you want to uh, connect with others but being able to you know then when it comes to pricing then you feel like you're pricing yourself so you know being able to take that step back and price it professionally so that you can make profit um, and basically keep creating lots of artists think that I'm not in this to make a profit which is fine but then you know art stuff is expensive <laughs> and being able to keep creating and do things on a bigger scale you know whether that's public art or whatever um, there is that element to it so I think you know it's there's one particular example that I can think of her name is a lady called Tracy Eaton she's quite uh, fantastic she's had work uh, in all of the you know massive ruby apartments and things there. Um, some of her work has gone out to some of the you know, Oscars recipients and Golden Globes and stuff like that, but she has a marketing background. And I was talking to her one day and she was saying to me that when she first started out, she was, you know, if someone showed an interest in her work, she was like, oh, you can have it. She's like, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> it's like that instant, like, um, I don't know, I, there's something that overrides the whole thing that we'll just really struggle with. So definitely yeah, pricing is a big issue. <laughs> I think that, you know, it's the delight that someone likes what you've done and I think and that you're appreciated. And uh, the thing is, I think as writers, we can be the same way. You know, we're just so, we want to be able to write and therefore if someone's willing to pay us to do that, that's great. We'll take anything, just as long as we can do it. And that can often, you know, cause issues later down the track. Because as you said, you've got to cover your costs, maybe a studio space. Um, and then, you know, if you do want to digitally market yourself, all the costs involved with having a website, and, you know, the whole starving artist in the garret thing is a nice romantic idea, but it's probably not that much fun in reality. So, Belinda, we were, were going to ask about the copy that clients need. We talked about websites there. Yeah. So when, I mean, we talk, I would think about website copy. So when I'm thinking, oh, what do the copy, what kind of copy do they need? I would think of promotional copy, but wouldn't there also be copy that is attached to the work? What kind of copy do you help artists write? So a lot of the work that I do is very tailored. So I really love getting in with artists to do that foundational branding and tone of voice and that kind of stuff first because I think that's 
the the thing that underpins their confidence to do everything else. But of course, you know, lots of uh, artists are really good at expressing themselves visually, but not in words. So um, the work that I do is a lot about addressing their immediate needs. Uh, for example, I worked with recently who needed a bio, um, uh, and he already had a decent bio, but he wanted one that was more personable. Um, but then he also was like saying to me, oh, well, I really struggle about talking about my work online and how to promote and how, you know, just how do I have that conversation with people who want to listen to my music? So we also worked on his brand story um, and that brand story kind of underpinned, you know, some of his cool themes and values about, you know, that makes him him. Um, and that was really helpful. But, you know, the work that I do can be anything from website copy right through to exhibition proposals, uh, video scripts, um, you know, artist statements and bios. Well, you know, it's, it's so different. Depends on the person. <laughs> you ever get to write the little blurbs that go next to the pictures in the art galleries? Yeah, so I think um, that's something that I love doing. There was uh, one particular artist who um, had uh, a series of images uh, about the Holocaust, a uh, very, very serious subject, um, and it, I learned a lot about that. So basically making sure that those just. Uh, uh, descriptions are engaging. They tell a little bit about the work. Um, they also connect with the people viewing um, and, you know, address those SEO elements as well. So, yeah. I, I love, I think that must be fascinating. One of my favourite jobs I ever did, and it's not any, it's a stupid comparison, but was writing labels for wine and trying to articulate the flavour of the wine, you know, uh, with all, you know, the fragrances and honey and a hint of the aura. I imagine that must be incredibly challenging to extract that what the artist's intention was and turn that into passable prose because you know not sometimes it's a feeling or a vibe it must is it is that a hard thing to do you must be a good listener right yeah I really think it comes down to those questions you ask in the beginning and it's sometimes it's not about the work itself but about what the artist is trying to say so it's kind of a mix of that you know particular work but also you know telling those stories that are really going to because I guess in the end, uh, when it comes to art, it's the viewer that kind of brings their own interpretation as well. So it's being able to kind of leave it open enough that that can take, you know, happen. Um, so yeah, it is challenging. I was going to jump in and go, oh, I'd love to do something like that. And then you said Holocaust and I was like, oh, um, <laughs> maybe not quite that one. But um, now you mentioned as part of those little descriptions, SEO, which surprised me a little bit. Um, but I'm really interested to hear how, artists focus on SEO? Is it a big part of what they understand about marketing or do you have to really educate them about that importance? Yeah, so a lot of the emerging artists that I work with don't have a clue about SEO um, and a lot of them don't even have websites. Um, particularly musicians, they rely a lot on social media in order to promote their work and other platforms. Um, sometimes visual artists and, uh, you know, stuff, they have, like, they might have an Etsy um, and they might have, uh, you know, they are in like one of those big directories like Blue Thumb or Art Lovers, um, but they rely on those platforms to promote them. And, you know, those platforms have their own audiences. They don't have, you know, the, it's not an audience that the artist has. So it is a big educational thing um, and uh, I have been able to, uh, you know, help people understand that. That's what I love about doing uh, what I do. Um, but, yeah, I think it's... There are some artists that I have worked with that really understand SEO, but the majority don't. Well, most people don't understand SEO, if you ask me. Yeah. Thank goodness, because otherwise I wouldn't have a business. Um, 
One thing that we talk about on the Hot Copy Mastermind is a way of getting really clear on you know, how you want to brand yourself as a copywriter is to think about what makes you cross about the industry that you're in. So, you know, I guess I'm interested to know, and I've seen on Instagram that you've started to do these kind of little quite topical or almost rants, but quite, you know, artic- articulate kind of thought leadership pieces around things in the arts industry that annoy you. So what are some of the things you've covered so far? Yes. So I guess it comes back to uh, the point that I raised before is that like lots of artists don't have websites. Um, and so that uh, is a big thing. You know, if someone's going to go into a gallery and find your work, if they walk out of that gallery and go, oh, I'm going to look up that person because I really want to learn more about them and you don't have a website, you can't guarantee that your social platforms are going to be, you know, coming up first. Somebody else might have fame and a bigger brand you do. Um, so there's that's one big thing. Um, and also just the way people talk about their work online. So that lack of storytelling um, and that ability to really um, engage people within it. Like, for example, an Instagram caption that might just read, you know, this is uh, acrylic on canvas and the canvas is this big. Like if I'm going to view that work, I want to know more about the artist and I want to know more about what that what went into that. It doesn't have to be really detailed, but I want to be able to connect with it in some way because I think we need to be able to, uh, you know, we see things upwards of like seven times or something, right, to be able to even, you know, register enough to make a purchase decision. So, you know, being able to keep that constant conversation open and then really engage people in you um, as a brand, I think is really important. Yeah, there's an artist that I follow who used to work for me uh, when when I worked at Mercer Bell. He wasn't an artist then, but now he's hugely popular. He's called Brad Robson. You should check him out. He's on Instagram. And one of the things I love about him is the way that he engages his audience. You know, he gets them involved in coming up with names for his uh, images, really voting on things. You know, he, he does these huge murals in foreign cities and, you know, shares the whole story from the paint right through. And so, you know, by the end, when that comes out as a print, you just, you're just desperate to buy it. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. That's, so that's the sort of thing you're helping people do, coming up with those strategies from how to like hook people in right from the yeah. beginning. So it's not that they're buying the painting at the end, it's that they're buying the whole, they're part of an experience, you know? Exactly. It's completely right. And I think, um, especially for musicians, I think really struggle with this as well, because a lot of musicians think that just by hearing a song is enough, Um, you know, and very few, I think, uh, artists can actually just put a picture up and expect sales. You know, it's it's all about that experience. Um, And it is, it's so important, I think, you know, with values-driven and personality-driven um, marketing and, you know, personal branding um, as being really important. And, you know, that's all driven by social media. So just understanding how to, you know, find your voice and find that confidence to be able to promote yourself in that way. What I've loved hearing so far in our chat, Ali, and um, I, I was trying to act surprised, but I actually knew it because of the Hot Copy Mastermind, but that trend, you know, how much of your work is so much more than writing because when we first met, I knew you as an arts copywriter, but you do a lot of coaching as well. Is is that a growing part of your business? Yeah, it definitely is. It wasn't something that I offered to start with, um, but it was something that I think I've obviously identified uh, that need because 
like I said, I can do parts of it, but I don't feel right just coming in and just writing a website and then having someone walk away and kind of still feel stuck. So I think it's it's about that, it's with the arts advocate campaign of being able to just support them to be able to understand, because, you know, artists don't have the budget to continually be outsourcing their work. Um, so, you know, we're all small businesses. I don't have the, the budget to be able to continually outsource work. Um, so, you know, it's about understanding that and just giving them the skills um, to be able to do that for themselves. And I bet that really diversifies your business as well, which is great. It makes you much more uh, an integral part of their business growth and development rather than just that one-on-one, oh, I wrote you some stuff and see you later, which I love. Um, so for anyone listening who is really starting to get intrigued by this idea of writing for artists and working for artists, what advice would you give them? So my initial advice would be to get out and uh, network and talk to artists face-to-face, get an idea of, you know, the sorts of programs they're involved in in galleries but also public spaces um, and really get to know them. But also your local, you know, galleries and arts organisations, um, just follow along and, and build up relationships with those people because they're going to be your best um you know, educators with the industry. Um, but And then, you know, get in and have a look at, at um, the, the, you know, different types of grants that are available and the awards and things like that because with arts there's so many different ways of um, promoting yourself and a lot of them aren't just uh, the traditional ways of doing things online. So, you know, there's lots of publications and, and awards and stuff that really, uh, you know, align with different sorts of uh disciplines so just getting an idea of what's out there in the industry so that you can kind of align those things with the different artists that you work with fantastic well it all sounds very exciting uh what have you got coming up ali and where can people find out more about you uh so at the moment i'm working with my local artists helping connect them with funding opportunities and create work uh, and you can find more information about that uh, from my Facebook and Instagram account. So I'm at Ali Strawn Writes on those accounts. And you can also find me on my website, which is www.alistrawn.com. Okay, well, thanks so much, Ali, uh, for sharing your knowledge on the show. Um, now, regular listeners will know that at this time we read out a review of the show. And today we're giving a shout out to That's Me Queen from the UK. I've probably not said that right. Really enjoying your podcast, and I'm going to be putting a lot of these tips to use in my new marketing manager world. I listen to a lot of marketing related podcasts, and this is my new favorite. Thank you for your high quality content from Kay in Glasgow. Thank you very much. And thank Thanks to you for listening. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a rating review on iTunes, a rating or review on iTunes, Spotify and Stitcher or wherever you heard the podcast. It will help others find us and make us happy. You can also head to the hotcopypodcast.com and leave your comments on the blog post for this episode. So thank you again, Ali. Thank you. Thank you very much. And until next time, happy waiting. Thanks for listening right to the end. If you enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy my two other podcasts. I have one called The Recipe for SEO Success, which is all about SEO tips, advice, and helping you grapple the Google beast. And my other, The Confessions of a Misfit Entrepreneur, which is all about dealing with the stresses of running your own business. You can find both of them on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.